Hi everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, The Joy of Junk Journals. Uh, Today I'm going to be doing something a little bit different with you. I'm going to be going to Google and looking up junk journal trends with you and talking about different questions that are being asked to Google about junk journaling. And uh, I thought this was a good one. First of all, it says, is there a market for junk journals? Oh. Okay, carrying on here. Um, Okay, so the junk journal trend question was, is there a market for junk journals? Um, And the answer from, you know, Google is, Etsy seems to be a good choice. Huh, that's novel. Um, Although I haven't sold there before, I've heard good things about it. As for junk journals, I've seen them sell for several, several hundred dollars a book at the high end. I'm sure it would take a bit to reach that level, but I'm... I might be worth, it might be worth aiming for. Okay, so let's just break this down and talk about it a little bit. Um, in my opinion, and it's only one one junk journal maker's opinion, is yes, there's a market for junk journals. And um, number one, not a lot of people know what junk journals are, so there's a little bit of uh, educating the public on what they are, but there's a natural fascination around um, making a book. It seems like it has, um, heirloom quality, it has gravitas, there's something special about a book that has inherent value and when it's a handmade book it levels its value up. Now junk journals are a casual art, I would call it a casual art style but you can definitely amp it up to a very fancy intricate detailed way of making a book with special book binding techniques and you can take it to the moon and it can be if you want to see an example of that, go to uh, Jibid Neary's video, The Old Curiosity Shop Junk Journal, and take a look at her amazing acrobatic feat of where a junk journal can be taken. I've never seen anything like this before in my life. Um, and the amount of effort and work that she put into that is is just mind-boggling. So you know, where the value lies is in the eye of the beholder, how, how meaningful it is to that person who wants to purchase it. And it's a matter of getting it in front of those people's eyes, truly, when it comes to selling a book for um, a certain dollar amount. Maybe notoriety helps, maybe if people have heard of you helps, but also quality of work and uh, um, there's a level of eye candy. People like what you make and they're interested and maybe they want to see and feel and have and touch one in their own hands so they can understand what it is so that maybe they can make one themselves one day and or or a hundred because <laughs> that can happen very quickly um, you can sell them anywhere from your local so they, there's a local artisan consignment shops that you can sell at uh, there's also flea markets and auctions and eBay and Etsy and your church bazaars and you can you know just little private craft shows and things like that there's a lot of ways you can sell your junk journals um, you just get creative about it and you'll think of things you can set up your own website and do it that way you can do a Shopify instead of an Etsy website do it that way make your own shop um, I've even heard there's a new way to make your own shop where you are the shop you're the main shop like you are Etsy in a way and then you can have other people sign up to be on your shop 
so you can sell their things for them as well. So you can be the home central database. I just came, I came across an email explaining that. I'll have to delve more into that. I don't know a lot about it, but maybe some of you have come across that email as well. But it's a new way somebody else is uh, producing um, ways for us to sell our goods, which, which I thought was kind of neat because we are a bit of an organic community. We do work with each other, inspire each other, buy each other's products, buy each other's books, um, and learn from each other. So this natural coalescing of minds and marketplace is not an unusual concept. Um, so we have, we have some other interesting questions here that uh, get asked. And this is from medium.com. It says, why is junk journaling so popular? And the top answer was, you use a junk journal as a memory and a photo keeper. Junk journals tend to borrow a lot of ideas and techniques from the scrapbooking world. So it's natural that junk journals often become books for keeping memories, photos, cards, tags, and other bits of ephemera that remind you of friends and family and trips. Uh, you might, oh, it's going to continue. Hang on, i got to put the or. Nope, it's not going to let me. That's all I can get from that one. Okay. Okay, I would say that's a good cursory explanation of a um, junk journal, but it makes it sound a lot like a scrapbook, and it's different than a scrapbook. If those of you who have scrapbooked over the years, you understand clearly the difference between a junk journal and a scrapbook. But folks who have never experienced a scrapbook have no idea the difference. Um, I think that, I mean, in my mind, the basic concept of a scrapbook was a way to um, show your pictures off. Uh, about family or friends or, or travel events or um, maybe a wedding or maybe um, um, you know a school event or something like that or the grandkids you know but junk journaling sort of is the evolution of a scrapbook I would say that because we actually make the book um, a lot of scrapbooks were already pre-made and you just decorate them and fill them where we're actually making the covers and the spines and things like that. We're creating the pages themselves. We're doing something with the pages and we're giving the, the purpose of these books many different purposes and we're sort of breaking out of the realm of just a picture book. It's more than a book of photographs It's or notations on a trip to you know Bali that you went to although it can be and there's nothing wrong with that and that's perfectly a justifiable wonderful junk journal to have um, or create but you're also not limited to that it's it's kind of like the next launching pad what else can we do with the paper what else can we do with the covers and the and the the spines and 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 the way we construct these we can just keep taking leveling it up leveling it up and each time we look at each other's stuff we get more inspired about what we can do with these junk journals and um, so I, I think that's where I go down the, the path of there are no rules and I like that because that inspires inspiration and creativity where you can go with these because once we start saying this is that and that is this we put ourselves into a little box and creation stops because then we start to conform and um, imagination freezes or we, we, we put it in a little box and say you can only play in the sandbox and you cannot go over to that other sandbox or all those other sandboxes out there in the universe because you're in this sandbox and I want to play in all the sandboxes. Maybe you do too. Um, okay, so the next question, I just thought these questions were kind of neat. Um, 
Okay, here, what is the difference between a junk journal and a scrapbook? Let's see what they have to say. While both junk journals and scrapbooks are creative outlets, the materials used are different. One dead giveaway between a scrapbook and a junk journal is the difference in the quality of the materials. Hmm, that's interesting. Um, scrapbooks are made to last long, so scrapbookers invest in good quality materials. Oh, now that's hilarious. Okay, that, I would say, is a little biased. Um, I can tell you I can walk into Hobby Lobby and buy an El Cheapo scrapbook and I can make a junk journal for hundreds of dollars depending on how I make it and what I make it with so maybe that's one person's perspective so we won't poo-poo it um, but I think that maybe they were a heavy scrapbooker and they know the amount of money that they piled into buying scrapbooks and the things that they put in them and then they look at a junk journal maybe they haven't made a junk journal they look at it with the word junk in it which is probably our biggest foible in the art of this book type of bookmaking but because it has the word junk in it people assume it's junk or it's made from junk and sometimes it is it's made from junk or junk materials or garbage or um, trash or junk mail or stuff like that and we transform it with our creative process into something that's kind of exciting and more wonderful but um, that does not mean it's worth less. Okay, so maybe she's saying, well, hey, it's a lot less expensive to use your junk mail than it is to go buy new stuff. Yes, yes it is. But in the world of junk journal making, you can go and blow tons of money on Tim Holtz this and little pretty cutouts that and stickers and, and cutout people and, and little metal bits and bops for corners and junk journal clothes I mean you can you can spend a ton of money and um, <clears throat> but the nice thing is you don't have to if you're willing to take a look at you know what you'd like to do and maybe consider there are other options or you could build what they are trying to sell you um, for example the fancy little metal closures can I build that with some little pieces of um, chipboard mounted on top of each other painted with uh, metallic paint and maybe use um, a brad or an eyelet or something to mimic the type of closure it has, um, give it that feel without spending that money. Um, yeah, you definitely can think of ways to mimic these things or create even better things because you're at liberty using your own imagination. You don't have to stay within the box of what they've created. You can do whatever you want to it. You can make it, if they're all black and gold and silver, you can make yours pink and and purple and orange and um, um, there's a hundred and one million different ways to steal a junk journal too so um, we all tend to get excited about the next latest and greatest um, way especially if we start seeing a bunch of people use it we're like oh we're doing that now I need to get those little widget thingies and then my life will be grand and um, and sometimes you get the little widget thingies and you buy them and you and you use them and 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 in your purse purpose and you you process them in your junk journal. You, um, you've got your new handy dandy closure widget. And then sometimes that ship sails. You're like, I'm good. I've done one of those now. Maybe it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Maybe it was just sort of okay. Maybe you're thinking, well, do I even need a closure? How about that? Do I really need a closure? Um, maybe you don't. Maybe you just need um, some way, like if you make a chunky monkey like I do sometimes, maybe you need just some way to contain the beast. You know what I mean? There's a couple different ways that are pretty easy. One is just tie a sash around it that is not attached to the spine or anything. You don't have to glue the sash in between the spine and the inner covers at all, or the outer covers and inner covers. You can, 
but it's not mandatory. The whole thing can be free. You can also loop it and tie it through the um, spine threads. If it's an exposed spine, if you've got the threads showing on the outside of the spine, you can tie it to that. They can decide whether to keep it on or remove it. It's a very easy way to do it. And there's nothing wrong with a good bow at the other end. You know, you just wrap it around and then tie it in a bow. And that way it is um, changeable from size to size. You know, if you put more things in it or you remove things from it, you're going to be able to alter the size of your um, you alter the size of your um, uh, book by tightening the, the ribbon or the bow less tight or more tight. You have flexibility there. Um, some things with chains don't offer, it, it depends how you construct it, but if you use a chain, sometimes you're limited more to how wide you can go. Um, you have a little more freedom with the ribbon style. Um, I got Sunny sitting here beside me outside. He's just looking at me like, Mom, why are we sitting outside in the middle of the day? It's very hot. It's very hot, yeah. Um, so, um, all is good. Um, I think that uh, that was an interesting question. It was very interesting to hear that person's take on it. And I think that was, oh, the take was from the cloakedfox.com. That was their answer. So, yeah, different people have different energy and answers to these things. So, it's kind of cool to see. Um, Okay, so um, here's another question. Who buys junk journals? Okay, junk journals regularly sell for hundreds of dollars on Etsy and eBay. Okay, um, that's just somebody's opinion. Okay, there we go. And they also sell for $25 or um, $10. I've seen them every range. Um, I think there is inherent value for those of us who maybe have the camera on to keep the prices higher because I think that, in, I, I don't know if I, I could be right or wrong, but I do think it elevates the level of chargeability for it because number one, you get to see the whole process often from beginning to end. Um, and there's value in that. And then there's also, you're exposing more people to the junk journal world, which is, a, there's value in that. More people that know what a junk journal is equals more people that will buy a junk journal. And if you're doing it as a side hobby or a side hustle or as a main business, um, you want more customers, right? So that makes sense. Um, also, the more information we put out there about them, people learn from each other, share the ideas. Um, you know, you maybe have a Facebook group or something where you, you share your junk journal ideas and more people get excited about it. And, and there will be just people who they love the concept, but they will never make a junk journal. They would just like to own one. And that is perfectly fine too. So we feel a need there where, um, like let's say I would love to have a Leonardo da Vinci painting, but I am not going to paint a painting like Leonardo da Vinci because I, maybe I just, I don't have the capability or the time or the energy or the effort or the, the, the sanity to sit down and paint that, um, you know that with all that detail as well as he did so it would be just I would just like to buy the painting thank you very much I you know I understand that and um, so we're all coming from different walks of life too like maybe we're in different stages of life and you know maybe our dexterity is not as good as it used to be but um, uh, so maybe it is more valuable to us to have somebody else make it for us and that's fine um, so there's everything serves a, a purpose and a need um, and there's nothing inherently wrong with taking what some people call junk and transforming it into something beautiful, work of art, and charging more for it. 
Yeah, because it's not junk anymore when you're done. It has been transformed. Um, you know, when you go buy recycled or reused um, car mats or things like that, you don't say, well, we should get a discount because it's recycled. No, actually, you end up often paying more because somebody took the time, energy, and effort for taking a a product that was going to be disposed of and turning it into something valuable and usable again. Um, I know it's strange the way that works, but it, it there's time, energy, and effort that gets worked into the process. Um, also along with um, marketing, which is a huge, huge factor. Can't emphasize that enough. The more eyes on deck, the better chance you have to sell your junk journal. You own, if you have a unique junk journal, and often we only make them as one, um, you, you only need one person to buy it. And it doesn't matter if everybody else says, oh my goodness, you know, that's, that's way more than I would pay for a book. That's way more than I would pay for a handmade craft. But somebody somewhere, you know, in Wisconsin or New Mexico might say, you know what, that really is something that I would value and is meaningful to me. So for me, that makes sense and it answers a need to that specific person. So if and then it's up to you as the creator and the seller to get it in front of those person's eyes and um, or that person's eyes. And that's, you know, that's, that's a whole other ball of wax when it comes to crafting. It's the marketing side. And that, they don't really teach you in art school, like the marketing side. I don't think they do. Why am I talking like I know what goes on in art school? I never went there. Um, I don't think they do. I know when I went to college, nobody taught me about how to manage money. <laughs> I wish they would have. But, uh, um, are you hot, baby? Maybe you want to go inside, huh? Yeah, okay, I'll put you inside. And, um, um, but I think that it's, come here, let me put you inside. Whoop, okay, let's go inside. Can we go inside? Go here. There you go. Go in. There you go. Okay. All right. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a good thing. It's um, to be looked at with different eyes, and um, don't let the word junk throw you. It's just a word we use. That's all it is. Um, okay. Why do people not like journaling? Oh, I got to read this answer. This is good because I fall into this category because I really. And really, this happens to me all the time. Okay, but journaling isn't for everyone. Some people find it doesn't feel calming or fulfilling. And the stress of finding the perfect words to put on paper can be overwhelming. Um, as a child, I would get super excited every time I got a new diary or a notebook, and then the stress, and then stress out if I missed writing for a few days. Yeah, I can, I can definitely uh, vouch for that one. Um, I would go ahead and get all excited about journaling and I'd poop out after a very short period of time and that was my whole trend my whole life too but I did become fascinated with the books themselves so we all play a role and have a different purpose in life and it's all good so there you go that's just part of the way it is in nature we you if you're a junk journal maker you don't have to be in love with junk or, or with journaling itself um, I like writing lists in my journals and making them almost like little little places to capture ideas or, or workbooks, things like that. Um, um, so if I make a junk journal for myself, it's going to be very basic, very lean, very um, square edges, not a lot of heavy decoration, but something that's very easy to grab and go and to write and jot things to do, my calendar plan, things for the day that kind of stuff and uh, 
that's how it goes. So be open to it. whatever your experience is. It's the right experience for you. And let me see what I'm gonna end up with one more good question here. Um, what do you fill a junk journal with? Okay, that's interesting. Old interesting books and magazines. This is probably one of my favorite go-to supplies for junk journals. I love to look for anthologies, dictionaries, encyclopedias, kids' books, books of quotes and poetry, and of course, magazines. Books in other languages can also be fun to use. Yes, and uh, you can. And that's only a launching pad. I mean, once you start going down that path, I got very fascinated by um, old handwritten letters. And then I wanted to collect envelopes. Then I wanted to collect first day issue envelopes. Then, uh, where did we go? Oh, then it went to uh, handwritten recipes. Um, then just recipes that people were clipping out and clipping and like stapling onto index cards, but old ones like from the 50s and stuff. It was really nostalgic for me. Paper dolls became a fast fascination, as well as um, uh, antique checks, receipts, postcards. Um, tea cards, you know, black and white photos, my list of what's in a fundle. Um, but just some interesting papers that maybe you don't normally come across. Music paper, handwritten, or just from old piano books, things like that. Old guitar music, old saxophone music, um, where the notes are handwritten on the page by the student or the teacher. Those are really cool. But those are just some things to tickle your fancy on a day if you're just thinking about your paper and your junk journals and enjoying life. So I hope all is well. We are always with you. The paper, you, me, your glue and scissors. Let's craft on, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.